Hello, and welcome to Apparitions and Alibis. I am your host, AJ Stallman. Today's story has history, murder, pirates, and ghosts. Everything one could ever need. So I have my coffee. I have my dogs. Let's do this. Theodosia Burr-Alston was the daughter of Vice President Aaron Burr and his wife, Theodosia Bartow Prevost. Burr and his wife met at her home while she was married to a British Army man, Jacques Marcus Prevost. During the Revolutionary War, the Prevost home was a gathering place for American soldiers, and one day good old George Washington himself brought Aaron Burr over. Burr and Theodosia Prevost quickly became friends, and he visited the New Jersey home often. By 1778, rumors were swirling about the two, and by 1780, they were openly lovers, despite the 10-year age gap. In 1781, Theodosia discovered that her husband had died of yellow fever. The next year, Theodosia and Aaron Burr were married, bringing her five children from the previous marriage. June 21st of 1783, their first daughter and only child to make it to adulthood was born. Also named Theodosia, but often called Theo. She was raised mostly in New York with her father closely supervising her education. Her mother wanted her to have equal education to any man. While studying subjects like French, music, and dancing, Theo also studied arithmetic, Latin, Greek, and English. She would actually write her father in English, and he would write back promptly with corrections and detailed criticism. But they adored each other. At age 11, Theo's mother, the original Theodosia, passes away, and Aaron Bird takes it upon himself to continue Theo's education as well as keep an eye on her social education. The father and daughter pair were very close to each other. She once wrote to him, You appear to me so superior, so elevated above all other men. In 1801, Theo married Joseph Alston, a wealthy landowner from South Carolina. They were actually the first recorded couple to honeymoon at Niagara Falls. There is a question whether or not the marriage was for love, or more for Aaron Burr's financial burdens, but in her letters to her father, she seems to be okay, and eventually has a son, Aaron Burr Alston. After the baby is born, Theo's health began to drastically decline. She suffered a prolapsed uterus and great pain. She would often travel to spas in New York in attempts to fix her health. Although she enjoyed her husband's family, she had a difficult time adjusting to a more isolated life in South Carolina. In 1804, she received a letter from her father that seemed to be a goodbye letter, stating, I am indebted to you, my dearest Theodosia, for a very great portion of the happiness which I have had enjoyed in this life. You have completely satisfied all that my heart and affections had hoped for or ever wished. The next day, he was in the historical duel that killed Alexander Hamilton. 
Rumors as to what started the duel are still up for debate, but there has been some speculation that Hamilton had made a comment about the affection Aaron Burr and his daughter had for each other. Hello, Merlin. Which led to rumors of incest. The morning of July 11, 1804, the two men met up in the New Jersey woods where Hamilton was shot in the abdomen. Aaron Burr is now wanted for murder. He flees to South Carolina to be with Theo. There is one article I found that stated he had a plan to establish a new country in the Mexico-ish area and planned to be emperor of the country with Theo as empress, of course. And Theo and her husband had his back. However, before it could come to fruition, Aaron Burr is arrested. In 1807, he was tried in Richmond, Virginia for treason, Theo by his side. Aaron Burr is acquitted, and he leaves for Europe, staying there for about four years. With her father across seas, Theo's health declined even more. She wrote to a doctor in 1808, describing symptoms such as hysteric fits, various colors and flashes of light, figures passing around her bed, strange noises, low spirits, and worse. In 1812, her beloved son, and only child nicknamed Gumpy, would pass away from malaria. Poor Theodosia Burr Alston couldn't catch a break. With her child gone, she missed her father more than ever. Luckily, that same year, Aaron Burr returned to the country from Europe and was living in New York again. With her body continuing to grow weak, she was bound and determined to see her father once again. That same year, her husband Joseph was elected governor of South Carolina and was unable to join her on her trip to New York. Aaron Burr did send a friend down to keep her safe on the travels a Dr. Timothy Green. December 31st, Theo, Dr. Green, a maid, and a skeleton crew boarded the Patriot to make the trip to New York. One week went by with no word. And then two weeks went by with no word. And by February 24th, Joseph Alston had given up on hearing from his wife. He wrote to his own father, My mind is tortured after 30 days. My wife is either captured or lost. My boy and wife are both gone. You may as well observe that you feel severed from the human race. She was the last thing that bound us to the species. Within weeks of the Patriots' disappearance, Theo's fate was spreading through the U.S. Many people believed that the boat was actually attacked by pirates, and there were some deathbed confessions to back it up as well. The first story to get big was the case of John DeVargas and Robert Johnson, who were executed for their crimes in 1819. However, in 1820, an article in the New York Advisor said that the two had confessed to being on the crew. 
They claimed to have led a mutiny and scuttled the ship, killing everyone on board when it was only two or three days into its voyage. Are you done cleaning yourself by my microphone, friend? Fantastic. The most repeated confession, though, was that of Benjamin F. Burdick, a.k.a. Old Frank. On his deathbed in Michigan, it is said he confessed to a minister's wife about being on the Patriot. According to an 1878 edition of the New York Times, he said there was one lady on board who was beautiful and intelligent and cultured. She said her name was Mrs. Theodosia Alston. When it came turn for her to walk the plank, she asked for a few moments' time, which was granted to her. She went and changed her apparel, returning in pure white garments and a Bible in her hand. She was calm and composed, as if she were at home, as if she had accepted her fate. She folded her hands over her breast and raised her eyes to the heavens. She fell and sank without a murmur or a sigh. And while old Frank is very detailed, there's one hiccup in his story. Theodosia was decidedly unreligious, just like her father. I'm not sure a Bible would be with her. Others say that it might have fallen victim to the Carolina bankers, a group of men who would set up false signal lights to draw ships in around the rough waters of the Outer Banks. They would then descend onto the wrecked ships, killing the crew and plundering what was left over. No one really knows the fate of the Patriot and Theodosia Alston. However, in 1869, a Dr. William Poole was called to take care of an elderly patient. She was the wife of a fisherman who didn't have much money to offer for the doctor's expenses. The doctor did what he could to ease the woman's pain, which really wasn't much. But as payment, he received a painting. The painting was beautiful, and the doctor asked how the fisherman came to own such a gorgeous item. The fisherman told the doctor that many years ago, a young woman had drifted ashore in a rowboat near Nags Head. The woman had no memory of who she was, where she was from. The only item in her possession was the portrait, which she never allowed out of her grasp. The members of the village cared for the young woman and nursed her back to health. Eventually, she settled down in the community, and the fisherman married her. The portrait was the only thing left of her past life, and it hung in their home. The doctor accepted the painting, and when the elderly woman heard this, she had a fit, raising from her bed, stating the portrait was hers, and he couldn't have it. Also, she was on her way to visit her father in New York. She grabbed the painting from him and ran into the waves, never to be seen again, until the portrait itself resurfaced on the shore. There are other versions, though, that I saw a lot more of, that states the painting was found in a wrecked schooner near Kitty Hawk. In the cabin of the schooner, another article stated there were dresses and a vase of wax flowers under a glass globe. 
Over the years, there's been debate on if this found painting is actually Theo. Some family members believe it may have been, while others are more inclined to disagree. With hundreds of years passing, it is said that her spirit may have returned to the land and may be haunting multiple locations. In Charleston, North Carolina, on 17 Barrow Street in Greenwich Village, there is a restaurant. One, if by land, two, if by sea. People there believe Theodosia, along with her father, haunt this location. Aaron Burr is said to smash dishes and move chairs at his carriage house, which is now the restaurant. Many visitors have experienced flying dishes, as well as their chairs being pulled out from under them. They believe Theodosia removes woman's earrings, and apparitions of her are seen walking down the dining room staircase. However, another location in North Carolina also believes that Theodosia's ghosts rest there. Bald Head Island. Baldhead Island got its name from the lack of vegetation, and people merely thought it looked like a bald dude. Around 1717, the area was known to be used by many pirates, including Blackbeard. It wasn't pirates alone that caused passing boats to sink. Unfriendly sandbars close to the island would sneak up on boats and crash them. Roughly 80 years later, it was decided to build a lighthouse to help boats passing the area. Unfortunately, the lighthouse was built too close to the shore and had to be abandoned. A second lighthouse was constructed in 1817 on a safer spot on the island. Now lovingly known as Old Baldy, it was constructed just a few years too late to help Theodosia Burr Alston. When Theo was on the water to visit her father, there wasn't a lighthouse constructed yet, with the original one still being abandoned. So pirates would walk a donkey with a lantern up and down the shores. And in a storm, it would look like a vessel safely docked and bobbing back and forth. Which was a lie. The ships would crash into the sandbars and become stranded. The men on the island would board the vessel, stealing everything, killing everyone. Perhaps they also attacked the Patriot. It is said that Theodosia is seen on the shores at night in two different variations. One, she is simply walking alone, along the water, leaving no footprints, and having an eerie glow as people approach her. But if you get too close, she simply disappears. Others, however, have seen her running down the shores, with three others running behind her. These are believed to be the men who killed her. Two other locations of possible sightings are Georgetown Dock, where she last saw her husband, and Nags Head Beach, where a woman in a white dress wanders frantically, looking lost, but whenever approached, she fades away. Last but not least, is Battery Park in the lower Manhattan area of New York City. Aaron Burr's ghost is seen by the seawall where he was supposed to pick Theo up. It has also been seen another ghostly spirit walking near him, a woman with dark hair and a white dress. 
believed to be Theo. The heartbreaking thing? They don't seem to see each other. As always, thank you so much for listening. Remember to rate and review wherever you do listen. If you want to donate to the podcast, we do have a Patreon, and you can find us at patreon.com forward slash apparitions and alibis. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. I love you all, and I hope you're having a great morning, night, afternoon, wherever you may be, and I will talk at you later.